Hey everybody and welcome to Ringsiders Wrestling. It's Kate Johansson, joined always by Callum McInnes. Cheers, Kat. And today we've got a special guest. Contrary to Chris Jericho's beliefs, it's not Alan Eagles. In fact, Alan Angels. Alan, thank you for joining us. Hey, good to be here, man. Now, really excited about this. Uh, me and Callum was just talking, I think from the AW Dark and your time against Kenny Omega as well. You've been blowing everybody out of the water. The internet's been talking a lot about how you've come across in that match this past week. Phoenix, fantastic well, match again. I put out a tweet the other night during AEW Dark saying that we'll be interviewing you. And within an hour, we had about 30 likes and there was loads of questions coming in. And there's so much hype around yourself at the moment because you've just been, as Kurt said, knocking it out of the park with every opportunity you've got with AEW so far. Uh, that was mine and Kate's first exposure to you. And admittedly, when you came out, I, I just thought, oh, it's just, you know, an enhancement match or something. And at the yeah. end of it, I was like, I need to see more of this guy. Yeah. So that's when I messaged you straight away to say, dude, we need to talk and find out a bit more about yourself. So well, what's it been like for you the last couple of months? Like, it's, it seems like it's been a bit of a roller coaster for you. Yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's definitely biggest thing that's ever happened to me in, in my career and just like I'm super grateful for any opportunity that I get in AEW you know like uh you know I kind of live by the whole like luck and skill equals opportunity kind of thing and then when you get that opportunity like you know you you uh you got to deliver and if you don't deliver you know <laughs> that uh you know you might not ever get another chance again so um yeah and I've just been I've just been trying to I mean it's just as big of a, a shock to you guys as it is me you know it's a big of a shock to everybody as it is me you know I uh I didn't expect to get as much in as I did with Kenny nor Phoenix for that matter um and uh yeah I'm just super grateful my social media is uh just blown up like crazy I've never you know experienced anything like it um I've been wrestling for about four years now and it's just uh it's definitely the craziest thing that's happened uh since then and I'm super grateful for it and hopefully it just uh it just keeps going up from here, you know? Well, yeah. that, that's you mentioned you got more in than you thought with Kenny, but there was yeah. parts of that match where I actually thought he might actually beat him here. Like, <laughs> if you know you're doing a good job when you can come in as a, an unknown, but then go yeah. up against someone against Kenny Omega and have convincing near falls. Like, there was parts where I thought, he's going to pull up the upset. This is crazy. But... Like you said, you've been wrestling for four years, which would make it 18 years old when you started training. Yeah. Yeah, because you're only 22 now, which I find crazy because with your beard, you look older than I do, and I'm 31 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but well, I yeah. the hair, man. You had a hair. <laughs> I'd rather have the beard, believe me. But yeah. where did you start training then? Take us back to when you first started training. Uh, I started training in Atlanta. Uh, at the WWA four under a guy named AR Fox, who you may or may not have heard of. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he's an insane talent, you know, and I'm super grateful to uh, you know uh, train have trained under him. Um, I I worked there for a while, and I uh, I trained there for maybe 18 months. Well, probably around two years, you know, and then, and then around the two year mark, I uh, I stopped training there, and I started training at the uh, the power factory that's now known as the nightmare factory under qt marshall yeah and uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, and they're, those two guys are just so opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to wrestling. Uh, Fox is just one of the most, like, innovative guys um, that I've ever met in wrestling, you know, and he's always in the ring trying to think of stuff. Even when he's hurt, like, I remember times when he was hurt and, like, his neck or whatever would be hurt. He would just be in the ring, not necessarily, like, doing a lot, but just, like, I don't know. He And I kind of adopted this from him, just standing in the ring, just kind of looking around and thinking of stuff to do, you know? And yeah. I don't know. He, that's that's how he thought of a lot of stuff, just being inside the ring uh, and just, I guess, kind of getting used to it, but also kind of just thinking on stuff you can do and different things you can do. Um, while QT is on the complete other end of the spectrum and he's just uh, super by the book, super, and but he's so good at it. He's so good at the basics, you know, like uh, as far as selling and just like um, telling a story and psychology, he's so good at all of that. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely one of the best. And I'm, I'm definitely grateful that I got a chance to learn from both of them uh, before, you know, I got this, uh, match with Kenny and then Phoenix. Cause, um, I definitely applied what I learned from both of those guys in both of those matches. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's an incredible spectrum of knowledge there. You say you've got AR Fox and QT Marshall, like they're completely different. You've got QT Marshall, who's very old school, like a yeah. bit of Nan Anderson and AR Fox, who's known for being a bit of a high flyer. And I think yeah. when you measure those two together, it reflects in the style that we've seen from you so far. It's quite a hybrid style, if you ask me. It's you, you can do the wrestling, the, the chain wrestling, but there's also hints of high-flying, the striking, and I think that's why you matched up so well against someone like Kenny Omega. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of on the same uh, the same wavelength, I think, as far as like wrestling style, um, and that's just that's just kind of how I am. I mean, I. I can do some flips, uh, but, you know, I'm certainly not Phoenix or anything, or Fox for that matter. I don't think um, anyone's Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. He's an insane, uh, insane talent. You saw where he, uh, he did the triple springboard and then, like, fell backwards and then jumped back up during our match. It, like, he, the way he saves stuff sometimes is insane. Like, <laughs> it's as if he means... It's as if he means it to begin with because nobody can be that good at recovering a fail. No. Well, that's what a lot of people backstage said. They said that some of them thought that he did it on purpose, but no. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. So what prompted that change then from having that decision of AI Fox is great, but actually I'm going to go learn something completely different and go under the tutelage of uh, QT Marshall? Uh, well, I think a lot of it was... I wanted to be a well-rounded wrestler. Uh, not that Fox isn't good at, you know, the basic stuff, but I think learning that that old-school style really... And, like, one thing we never did uh, at the WWA 4, and this isn't a knock or anything, it's just um, we never learned how to call it in the ring, you know, call it on yeah. the fly. Um, at QT, QT's very good at that. He was, you know, he, he started training a, a back in a time when, you know, that was the norm still, kind of, and... Uh, you know, people, um, people like there were, he was wrestling guys that only knew how to call it in the ring. Um, so, you know, he had to know how to do that and he passed it along to me and it was very good, uh, very good experience and a very good thing to know, even though nowadays, uh, you don't do that a lot. Um, 
you know, you never know when uh, maybe a guy gets knocked silly and kind of forgets the match. You got to be able to talk to him. And uh, such a good skill to know as a professional wrestler, because like you said, you, if, if you get a spot, perhaps, or if uh, somebody gets knocked silly, you need to know how to improvise. And right. like, you can understand how daunting that would be for a wrestler to do like, oh, yeah, we won't plan anything. I'll just see you out there. That would terrify yeah. me. You know, I'd want to plan every single spot. But like right. you said, that's that's not realistic. You need to know the fundamentals. You need to know how to call it in the ring. And from what you've said, there's no one really better to do it from than someone like QT Marshall. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's you know he has a wealth of knowledge and uh, super grateful I was able to learn from him. Yeah. So, what was your thoughts when you you went there before it became like the Nightmare Factory, and then all of a sudden AEW has become a thing. It's been taken over as the Nightmare Factory with Cody Rhodes. How did you think, hey, this could be my big break? What was what was your thoughts process for that? Because that's a it's lucky quite. You, you mentioned it earlier it's part of skill and luck, and you decided to go train there, and then all of a sudden, it's got that influence from AEW. Yeah, um, I mean, every every school that you go to. Um, I think and every trainer that you train under is going to uh, give you some sort of promise um, or like whatever that you will get an opportunity um, because of people that they know or whether whether it be like one company or another, like everyone always gives you like a promise. Um, and, you know, we I didn't I actually the thing that I think drew me to uh, QT school is that um there wasn't really a promise at the beginning, you know, cause he had just started it. Like I joined, uh, just a few months after he had started. I think I did like, um, like one or two, uh, like I went there one, once or twice, um, in the, when they first, first started. Um, and, uh, you know, it was just like a every now and then thing. And then eventually it just got more and more. Um, but yeah, there wasn't really any promise cause you know, he, new people but it wasn't really like uh you know i can't promise you anything and to this day he still you know he can't promise you anything uh as far as the nightmare factory goes um you know like you can't he's not gonna he's not gonna give you any false hope you know what i'm saying the only the only promise they should be making you is that they're gonna give you the best wrestling education and it's up to you what you do with that from the hardware Yeah, that's exactly what he what he what he, you know, portrays onto the new students and everything. Um, And, you know, I I just want and he tells you, you know, you just got to want to learn like that's that's why you're here. You're here to learn. You're not here to get an opportunity or whatever. And he he sees through all that, too. You know, if somebody comes in knowing that he works for AEW, you know, um, he sees right through it, especially if it's like um, a guy that's been wrestling for a while, hasn't gotten a break, and he just shows up every now and then kind of thing. Like, he he sees through all of that. Um, he's a, it's a very genuine kind of thing. He's a little bit of a hard ass, but, like, he he's a genuine person, you know? So he's not going to – he's going to see through all the BS, you know? Yeah, I think that's the best way to be as a trainer. You can't promise anything because you can't promise how – things are going to happen in like if you've got 100 students you can't guarantee what's going to happen in 100 people's careers and we were speaking to uh, Marek Brave yesterday from the Black and Brave Wrestling School and he said something very similar like he doesn't make any promises to anybody if you come into the school it's not to train just with Seth Rollins to try and get a chance in NXT it's because you want to be get the best education in wrestling and it sounds like so far you've got 
probably one of the best you can get from QT Marshall, AR Fox. AR is somebody that I've, I've been a fan of for a while. Um, watched him a lot in PWG and blew my mind then. And it blows my mind how young he is still. He's only 32. Yeah. Um, for someone that young to be training is incredible. And it sounds like you've, uh, you've had a really good start in wrestling in the last four years. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I've had, I've had a lot of opportunities to do a lot of cool stuff, and it's, uh, it's really cool. Yeah, man. Um, so speaking of like an education, uh, a lot of people that I've spoken to in the past where they've managed to face their trainer, um, they, it's one of their highlights of their career. And for uh, Georgia Premier Wrestling, you actually faced QT what back in February. How yeah. was that experience for you? Again, you mentioned he likes to just call it in the ring. What was that like? Uh, it was fun. You know, it was super, super easy. Uh, you know, we weren't trying to do anything crazy or anything like that. Um, but I just, you know, it was just a good, like, little technical wrestling match. And, uh, you know, super basic, but at the same time, really fun. I love doing doing stuff like that. Hopefully, I get to wrestle him on a even bigger stage one day. Yeah, man. So how did the AEW stuff come about then? Um, obviously, your first match, again... Nightmare Factory, Lance Archer. What what was that um, conversation that was had before you made that debut? Um, you know, we just uh, he came. We were we just happened to be at the uh, the AEW taping, and it's kind of a thing where uh, you know you always bring your gear. You know, <laughs> like always sure your um you got it on you because you never know when you'll be asked to wrestle because of one reason or another. And uh, yeah. They came up to me and said, uh, it was it was very last minute. It was like there was maybe two matches between when he told me and uh and when uh when the match happened. Really? So yeah, so <laughs> I my dress clothes and I just had to run to the trailer, get changed, and then find Lance and figure out what we were gonna do. And um yeah, it was super easy, you know, it was only like two or three minutes. Um, so you know, it wasn't much to worry about, but I was definitely in a rush for sure. And uh I like to think about um, what kind of facial expressions I'm going to make and what and like body language and like what I'm going to do in my entrance and all the, all that stuff. Um, so like to me, that was the most stressful part, thinking about every like little in between moment of the match um, that there was and how I'm going to sell this and how I'm going to take that and stuff along those lines. Um, but it was pretty it was pretty simple. And, uh, you know, it, we kept it basic and it was fun. It was a good time. He's definitely, he's a huge guy. So, like, <laughs> it, I'm probably it, more nervous about that match than the Kenny match just because, you know, uh, he's a big dude and could probably kill me if he really wanted to. Yeah, so, it's not just a gimmick, the murder yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> big dude. So. What was the feedback like then when you got back? Obviously, it's impressive. You said, what, you had two matches to prepare? Like, yeah. what was the feedback and who was it that was speaking to you backstage afterwards? Um, you know, I, you don't really get much feedback for like a squash match, you know, like it's kind of like expected that you just go in there and you take your bumps and you sell and you, <laughs> you know, you do a good job. And I mean, maybe someone will come up to you and tell you you did a good job, but besides that, I mean, not much. Um, the best feedback I've gotten so far was, uh, after the, uh, let's see, I guess it would have been after the Phoenix match. Um, Chris Daniels came up to me and he gave me some pointers and, um, just about uh it was mostly about my entrance and making it more of a a presentation 
as opposed to, uh, you know, just going out there and kind of uh, showing yourself, I guess. Uh, he said just kind of make it make it bigger and be more of a out-of-this-world character, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so speaking of this out-of-the-world character, what would that be for Alan Angels? Like, if Alan Angels was to come out larger than life, what would we expect to see? Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still working on that. It's a work in progress. It's, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard to find that, but I think I'm on the right track. Um, I've been cutting these promos lately that I've, I've really been liking. I don't know if you guys have seen them, but, um, I really like them. And, uh, it's kind of this, um, I like to say like over the edge kind of thing. I'm success obsessed. I'm, I'm a little like the pro wrestling world has kind of driven me over the edge. Like, and it's kind of true, uh, in, in some respects, like, obviously not to that extent but you know it's it's frustrating sometimes when you're when uh like i don't want to say i'm bitter about it but you know guys that you started training with are getting opportunities that you're not getting and that's and you know um even though i'm getting those opportunities now like you know i still kind of try to bottle that frustration these promos um i've been watching a lot of roddy piper promos lately and uh, just portraying that energy into them. And uh, I think I'm on the right track with it. Uh, I think the Phoenix match was probably the best I've portrayed that character. Just kind of intense, a little crazy, a little, you know, just like I have to win. And if I don't win, I beat myself up about it, you know, kind of thing. Do you think there's a lot of truth to what every wrestler says where they say the best character to have is just yourself with the volume to end up? Absolutely. Um and I, I do think that's a that's a real thing. And uh, I think it's just finding that because I know for a while it was really hard for me to find that because the thing about characters and a lot of wrestling characters is they're just one thing. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're either super excited all the time or they're, you know, super uh, mad all the time or they're, you know, whatever you know, whatever you want to be, but you know, humans aren't really like that. Humans are, uh, all over the place. You know, you go through 40 different emotions every day, yeah. you know, so pick one of those and turn that up to 10. Um, you know, and then there are the guys that are, are able to do that. And I think those are some of the best characters and they're that character all the time, like, like Ric Flair, but you know, at the end of the day, he is kind of crazy. So like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, it's just like you don't want to you don't want to be that. But at the same time, you know, you got to want to um, just find that one little piece of you and just extend that. And I think I, I think I really did. You know, I have this um, sort of mean streak and this uh, sort of like bad attitude sometimes. And I just kind of I try to bottle that up into promos and into the ring. Yeah, that's that's kind of the impression I've got from you so far with the, the few times I've seen you in AEW. And I think it's why I wanted to get you on the, the show so much is to find out a little bit more about who you are as a character as well. Because yeah. you seem like one of these like really intense dudes who's just going to come out and kick your ass. But you know there's a little bit more to him. Like, and I think that's really exciting about these new wrestlers and especially AEW. We're seeing these faces which we're not always familiar with and we're getting to learn about who they really are. Like yeah. Orange Cassidy, for example, someone I've been a fan of for a few years but I feel like I'm really getting to know who he is now as a character. Now he's in AEW and he's got that platform to do it. And do you feel like AEW in general is just giving these, I don't want to say indie guys, but like these lesser known characters, a platform to really show who they are? 
Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree with that. I think, and man, Orange Cassidy is such a, I mean, I don't even know if I could call him underrated anymore because everybody is seeing like exactly how good he is in the ring. And yeah. I do and I, I, I do applaud AEW for giving all of us um, a platform to really, uh, you know, show who we are as characters and uh, just giving us more time on camera and stuff like that. It really it really helps uh, the little guy, I guess, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of more time on the camera, then uh, you mentioned the Lance Arch match, just a squash match. But then you get told you're going to go against Kenny Omega, arguably one of the best in the world. Yeah. Ray Phoenix, another one um, regarded as one of the best like high flyers in the world. And you've got minutes. You've got minutes to get your stuff in to show who Alan Angels is. Like, what was your mind going through there? Like, you've been desperate for this break, and now before you know it, you're against two of the best in the world on national television. Yeah. So the Kenny match um, was only supposed to go four minutes, uh, but we ended up going six and a half. And uh, I think the reason. I think there's a few reasons. One, because. Uh, Kenny knew who I was. We did a spot um, on an indie show before Double or Nothing last year. Um, and we did, it was just like a little spot. Um, and uh, he knew who I was and he knew that I, I, I guess he knew I was reliable. And, uh, you know, he let me get my stuff in. As we were calling the match, you know, I know we only have four minutes, but, um, you know, he, uh, he just keeps adding stuff to do. <laughs> and I'm just like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be four minutes. Uh, but, of course, I'm not going to say anything. One, he's the EVP, you know, and two, like, I mean, I'm getting my stuff in. So, like, I'm not going to complain. Um, yeah, it was it was awesome. And uh, doing that match, once, once, once I was told it was happening, you know, it was kind of surreal. But then, like, once the match was over, uh, you know, I was kind of just, like, on this high that I'd never really been on. I was like, man, I really just – wrestled Kenny Omega in front of a million people watching on TV. Like, that's, like, the craziest thing. <laughs> like, even saying that sentence is insane to me. Um, but, you know, it's awesome. And then the Ray Phoenix match, uh, honestly, I think because of the Kenny match, um, they gave us eight minutes uh, for the Phoenix match. It was also on dark, you know, um, so you get, you're probably going to get a little more time. But uh, we had eight minutes to just do our stuff, and uh, – you know, I think that's probably my uh, favorite match I've ever had in my career. It really? was really, and uh, I've never got to wrestle somebody uh, that was specifically trained as a luchador. You know, like in Mexico. You know, so uh, it was really fun and it was really uh, interesting just ha getting to work with him and getting to, you know, um, get my stuff in on him. So we've spoken about the the matches you have had in AW so far. They've been. A resounding success like i said on twitter you are making waves in aw at the moment can we expect to see more of alan angels in aw can you give us any insight into where your aw career is going um i mean so when is this gonna air this is airing on well tomorrow friday okay well um i'm gonna be on dark next week uh so that'll be pretty cool uh, I'm supposed to wrestle Sammy Guevara, and that'll be a really oh, good That'll be good. That'll be Hopefully good. They, uh, they announce it by then. I'm pretty sure they will. I don't think I'll get in much trouble, but, you know. Um, so that'll be cool. Besides that, dude, I don't know. Uh, I mean, hopefully I get the call back, and, um, you know, they want to have me do some more stuff. But, uh, yeah, Sammy Guevara next week, that'll be really fun. I've been really looking forward to that. I've been watching him wrestle for a really long time. So, uh, yeah, it'll be awesome. 
he's incredibly good for his age as well. Like we're saying, you're only 22. You're still young as well. And so is Sammy. And I, I can't get my head around how good, how he can be that good at wrestling at such a young age. Like yeah. Sammy seems like he's been doing it for 10 years. And now he's under the tutelage and mentorship of Chris Jericho. You can only imagine where he's going to be in 10 years time. Like he's a guy I see really breaking out in AEW. Yeah, I think uh, Sammy, I think I think him, Darby Allen, MJF, um, I think those three guys have gotten the most out of um, AEW so far. And just, you know, as far as uh, getting their name out and really solidifying themselves as, like, main eventers. And, like, I think a lot of the guys, no offense to them, but, you know, if they left AEW right now, um, I don't know, like, how big of stars they would be in other big companies, you know, but I think Sammy Darby and MJF, if they left uh, AEW right now, they would, they would be just fine. They, they have the, what everyone says, like is the, the it factor. Like they've got something about them, which just draws you to them. Like Darby Allen to me has that kind of like Jeff Hardy charisma where yeah. you can't quite put your finger on what it is, but he's, he seems larger than life. And Sammy Guevara is just a fantastic heel. And MJF, I mean, that guy, there's not many heels that come along where they suspend my disbelief and I actually want to, like, punish them in the face. But MJF, he's one of those guys. Yeah. I, I, I really do hate that guy. And I met, I met him in London, and for our picture, he ended up just turning on me and putting the bed straight to my face. I was like, okay, cheers for that. But <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah, they're all really good. Yeah, you seem really excited about the Sammy Guevara match, and... Obviously, that's again, that's going to just be another one in the story of Alan Angels and your matches with AEW. Is there anybody else on the roster where you're like, whether it's on Dynamite or whether it's on Dark, and you're going to get a little bit of time that you're like, man, I've got to get in the ring with them? Yeah, it'd probably be Darby. I think Darby is just in so, so good. I think he has it all, you know. Uh, and if I could hold my own against a guy like Darby, who I legitimately think is one of the best in the world right now like uh you know it'd be it'd be it'd be great i've trained with him before and uh it's it's really crazy doing like being in the ring with somebody that's really good it, it just feels different it's kind of hard to explain um but like it just feels different when you're in the ring with someone that's like on another level you know yeah does, does it feel like the match flows better or like it's effortless to do yeah, it, it does feel like it flows better, but, you know, it's also kind of one of those things where um, you have to keep up, you know, and it's just, you're like pushing yourself to keep up with this guy that's really good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's one of those things, but if you can keep up, you know, obviously the match is so much better. So, let's say that the, the your AEW career um, takes off down the line, is what else is on your bucket list? Because I'm guessing a wrestling for AEW is one of those things. Is there anything else that Alan Angels wants to do, whether that's like wrestling in Japan or coming over to the UK for a tour? Like, what what else do you want to do? Yeah, yeah, well, definitely all of like that. Come I, to the UK because that would be amazing if you did. Yeah, I would love. I, I want to go everywhere. I want to. You know, I feel like if I wasn't a wrestler, I'd be some sort of travel blogger or something like that like i love traveling you know it's like my thing i love seeing sites and stuff like that um obviously when i'm wrestling i have a job and sometimes you can't see the sites and stuff like that but i always try and make time for that stuff so 
uh, yeah, I'd love to go everywhere. Um, and then really my main goal, well, not my main goal, but, um, uh, the big one would be Japan for me. I would love to wrestle over there sometime. That would be an absolute treat to, you know, wrestle over there and wrestle some of the guys over there. Um, yeah, Japan, dude, I'll wrestle anywhere. You know, I think it's, like I said, I just love traveling. So, uh, I really want to go to the West coast too. Um, the Seattle, uh, Washington area. I don't know if you guys know much about, uh, like United States, indie wrestling and stuff like that, yeah, but like that area, a long time. yeah, Seattle and Washington, like that, that area is, is awesome. Uh, they have some really good talent up there, so I'd love to make it up there. And of course, like California and stuff too. Nice. Is it... Go on, Colin. I was going to say, is there anywhere in the UK that you're familiar with, like when it comes to promotions? Because I can already think of a couple where you'd fit in really well. Somewhere like a Progress or a WrestleGate Pro, which has like a, a an emphasis on that hard-hitting striking style. And yeah. I think that's somewhere you'd fit in really well. Yeah, I mean, I know like the big promotions like Rev Pro and, and Progress and stuff like that. I'd love to make it over there. Um there's a few like small ones uh, that um, Shug D, who wrestled last night yeah. against Jericho, that uh, you know he has connections with that I think uh, hopefully he could uh, help me out with. But um, you know, I, yeah, I would love to just wrestle at any anywhere over there. Uh, yeah. WXW man, like their their stuff is is solid, um, and I would love to make it over there too. No, that'd be incredible. Um, so. Have you managed to like watch your matches back? Because you've had Tony Schiavone and Chris Jericho calling that Kenny Omega match. Um, obviously the Alan Eagles stuff. What was your fa- what was your first reaction to Jericho calling you Alan Eagles, Angles, Angels, whatever you want to call him? Well, um, at first, uh, I don't want to say I was mad about it, but it was kind of like um. Uh, I don't know. Like, it was just a little disappointing because obviously the more your name is set on TV, the more, you know, exposure you get and stuff like that. Um, but then I realized, uh, one that he actually did know my name. He said it right the first time he said it. And then after that, um, he just kept saying different stuff. So, um, and then two, it was like, um, it was, uh, it was cool because, you know, obviously it got over on the internet and everybody, uh, started calling me Alan Eagles, uh, on my pro wrestling tease store, I'm going to come out with a design that says like Alan Eagles and then it's crossed out as angels under it. So hopefully, you know, I feel like sells- he was doing you a favor. If you ask me, like, I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing. A bit like uh, what he's done to Sugar Dunkerton with exactly, the pineapple yeah. peat. Anything yeah. Chris Jericho touches gets over. Like he, he got a plant pot over, he, you know, he's got a clipboard over. And <laughs> I think if he puts any effort in, he's, he's probably just trying to give you a, you know, like a bit of a, a boost because admittedly after the match I, I went to find you on Twitter and I did put in Alan Eagles and I was like yeah. god damn it Chris Jericho like it's Alan Eagles <laughs> but that still helped me remember you if that makes any sense so I feel like he, he knew what he was doing <laughs> no yeah he, he told me that that you know he's he's just trying to uh help us younger guys get over and uh you know yeah. give us something to, uh, for the fans to remember us by so well, you Obviously, I'm not mad about it, but it's it's super awesome. And if it sells T-shirts, I can't do anything but but thank him. You know? Yeah. Well, what about for the T-shirt then? Have like a list of Jericho on the shirt, but then it's got the Eagles crossed out, and then it's Angels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. That's a good idea. 
Yep, send us one over. <laughs> <laughs> so, how how you felt about the like again? You've had Tony Schiavone, you've had Jericho, but then on Dark you've got Excalibur and Taz. Like, has it been quite surreal watching those matches back and seeing those four guys complement your work in the ring? Yeah, uh, you know Taz is like my favorite commentator as a kid. Uh, I, I when I was a kid, I could only watch SmackDown because I didn't have cable. Uh, so, you know, Taz was, uh, on the SmackDown call and, uh, yeah, he was one of my favorites. So I really liked listening to him, uh, call my match and him just giving me props and stuff like that. That was, uh, you know, that was pretty cool. I like, uh, I really like his, uh, his new segment that he has where he like dissects moves. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It's so dope. good. Yeah. It just, it makes everything more legit, you know, and I love stuff like that. It's, it reminded me of something like out of Street Fighter at first on Mortal Kombat, you know, like where you see the move being dissected and when he's doing like his narration over it, it makes it into like a, like he's a sports analyst, like yeah. explaining why every move is so good because I think to a casual viewer who might not be as familiar with wrestling, it kind of like helps them look out for that move. And then when they see it, they're like, Oh, that's that move Taz was talking about. And it, yeah. I don't know, it's just really cool. And I really like that AEW is doing something a little bit different like that. I agree. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And like I said, it just makes everything more legit. I'm super, like, into, uh, like, I don't want to say, like, strong style wrestling, but as long as it looks real, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I yeah. want everything to look real. Uh, at the same time, uh, I don't want anybody getting hurt, but, um, you know, I want I, I want it to look real. And anything that makes it more legit, uh, I'm into. So, yeah, I yeah, think that's stuff. I think that's one of the reasons why I, I actually bought into the near falls with you and Kenny so much because everything looked so real in my head i was thinking well there's no way he kicks out of that and if you can make somebody who's what a, a diehard fan genuinely think that the match is going to finish you know that that's a really good skill to have and i think that when you do wrestle that stronger style that's kind of easier to do yeah i agree i think uh i think if you if you can make a a casual fan um say like oh damn like that dude's really hurt but he's not really hurt uh yeah. then I, that's that's kind of the goal for me at least no, that's incredible so if you used to do like taz report on a move yourself for like your finisher that one move that the aw fans should be looking out for what would it be and what's the science behind that give us your best taz impression <laughs> yeah. uh, so i have uh i have one move that i haven't hit on AEW yet um it's like my finish so i'm not gonna hit my finish unless i'm gonna win but uh it's called the wing snapper so be nice. on the lookout for that it's a it's a backstabber but with my feet i grab them by the wrists and then i just like go on my back put my feet into their back and so like, like a straight jacket like that know, like uh like i just hold their arms like, okay. behind yeah. Oh, I just boom, but my put, but I put my to the back. Yeah, so that's a, uh, that's that's be on the lookout for that. Hopefully, my first win will come from that. I um, just want to see Sammy Guevara sell the shit up to that move. <laughs> I can just imagine him just flopping about to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I love giving it to the more athletic guys for sure. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that move before. No, yeah, I just I, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I made it up. I I've never seen anybody else do it, so. You know, I've been Angle. doing it for a while, but um, yeah. 
at least we know what to look out for now because I was actually wondering what your finisher was. I'm glad you asked, Kurt, because <laughs> now we know to look out. When you hit it, I'll be like, it's over, it's done. <laughs> I, I haven't even gone for it because I figure, like, if I hook it, then nobody's going to know what I'm doing. So, like, it'll be weird. But you just uh, to come out and everyone's like, whoa, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I hope I get to hit it soon, man. Hope I hope everybody gets to see it. Well, one thing that a lot of the internet um, was talking about, which is suitable for AEW Dark, obviously the TNT Championship, uh, that'll be at double or nothing. But a lot of people was clamoring for some sort of championship belt to be on AEW Dark. Is that something you'd want to see for um, guys like yourself where you're up and coming to go for that? Yeah, absolutely. Um Look, dude, if I can win any championship on AEW, I'm down. So, uh, yeah, I would absolutely love a, a AEW Dark Championship or, or whatever they would call it. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, I think it'd be a good, like a real good stepping stone for a lot of guys. Um, if they could make a AEW Dark kind of like their uh, NXT or at least like what NXT used to be as a yeah. kind of a, a stepping stone, yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Um, even if it's not Dark and it's like another some sort of developmental uh, kind of thing. I'm definitely down to, you know, do whatever I got to do to, you know, get to the next step. I, I can definitely see that happening in your future at some point. I think we are going to see you with some gold in AEW. It it seems like you, you've had too many good matches there not to get signed at some point. And it, you, if you do get signed, it's only going to be a matter of time before you start picking up momentum, going up the rankings and, find your way to the tag team championships or something speaking of tag team championships though if you could pick anybody in AEW to go for the tag team championships with who would it be um so i uh i'm gonna sound like a broken record but probably darby allen man i think me and his style is just like clash and i think you know my intensity match with his intensity would make a really dope tag team yeah. um also uh another guy that's um been doing good and he was on AEW last night was uh lee johnson um me and him actually have tag team titles at uh gpw where i wrestled uh qt so um yeah i'd love to wrestle him or wrestle with him to win some uh AEW tag gold so you've definitely got some options if you do end up going for the AEW tag titles yeah for sure so is it trigger warning yourself and lee yeah so if you used to so you've You've shown what you can do in singles competition. If you and Lee was to get a spot, whether it was on AEW Dark or Dynamite, let's say Dark and you're getting that six to eight minute time slot, who would you want your opponent to be? Yeah, uh, there's a lot of good tag teams in in AEW. Obviously, like, the Bucks are up there for sure. Um, The the Lucha Bros are up there for sure. Probably if I had to pick one, though, it'd probably be Private Party. You know, those guys are just insanely talented. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I love their gimmick and I love what they're doing. So uh, I think we could get a really good match out of them. Nah, here's, here's hoping. Well, one thing I want to know as well is who who inspired your style? Like when you first started training, if you could choose or like put your finger on one person who you based yourself off because... As far as I know, every every wrestler has that one person that they're like, oh, I want to be like Chris Jericho or Eddie Guerrero. Who who was it for you? Um, so my favorite growing up was Shawn Michaels. Um, 
you know, and I think there's a little bit of Shawn Michaels in my wrestling style, but if I had to pick one person, it'd probably be Daniel Bryan as far right. as like style goes and who I, who I kind of model myself after. Uh, yeah. It'd probably be Bryan. I love all of his ring of honor stuff. Um, I watch a lot of that. And then I think uh, his run last year with the new Daniel Bryan stuff, I think that was the best run of his career, even though like the whole yes movement stuff was uh, probably the most legendary of his career. I think the new Daniel Bryan stuff was uh absolutely the best stuff he's ever done so you know i like watching all that stuff um he's one of those guys that um he's not the most charismatic um naturally but he just loves wrestling so much and he loves the business so much that he almost like forced himself into getting better and getting a better character and a better persona you know all that good stuff um yeah i would i would say ring of honor Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson would be uh would be up there for me. His Ring of Honor run, like you said, was absolutely phenomenal. And yeah. it, the matches he had with, say, Nigel McGuinness, for example, just completely sold me on him. And he's one of those guys who he he's been that hard hitting um, technician, but he's also been a goofball too at the same time. He can he's yeah. like a cat angle. He can do every single style of wrestling. He can be comedic. He can be hard hitting. And he can be a face and a heel. There's there's nothing really Daniel Bryan can't do. And so is that something you want to do too? Like you want to dip into every single style of wrestling? You want to do a bit of comedy as well, perhaps? Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, as well as Daniel Bryan, I think I am uh, better at the kind of like serious, super intense kind of wrestling um yeah i'm not the funniest guy in the world you know but like uh i could i could i've done a few matches like that before um yeah i would love to to dip into it eventually but like like daniel i think i'm better at uh more serious more intense type of wrestling uh i love wrestling like big dudes like daniel's matches with uh takeshi morishima yeah um those are those are absolutely insane matches and i love wrestling I love wrestling big guys like that. I had a match with a guy who just got signed to MLW. His name is Zachary Cooper mm. uh, in December of last year. And me and him, we had a really good match. He's a bigger guy. And uh, I like thinking that those matches are, you know, my matches of, uh, you know, me and Daniel or Daniel Bryan versus Takeshi Morishimi. I think they're kind of on the same, same route. So, yeah, I'd love to try and do everything for sure. Is there any large opponents, whether it's AEW, that you'd want to go in for that Big guy, small guy mentality. Yeah, uh, I'd love to. I'd love to have a really good match with uh, with um, Wardlow. You know, he, yeah. we haven't seen much of him in AEW, but um, he's really good. And his his cage match with Cody was awesome. And uh, I think he uh, he has potential, a future world champion potential. You know, and I'd love to have a really good like match with him. Can we just appreciate how good his catch was of Cody when? That was insane. <laughs> I know I'd be scared to catch a guy falling from that high. Because that cage, I was there live, and that cage is so big. Like, it's it's definitely bigger than a WWE cage. It just, it was huge. And the fact that Cody even did a moonsault off of that in the first place <laughs> is insane. Uh, and Wardlow is even crazier for, you know, standing under him and catching him. But he's yeah. a huge dude, so I'm not surprised. He just made it seem so easy. Like he, he, he managed to catch Cody, make it safe, but then bump at the same time and yeah. make it look brutal. And I was like, wow, I, I haven't seen much of Wildblower, but that sold me on him completely. Like the fact that yeah. 
he seems like a really safe worker. And he's the way he threw around um, Marco a stunt last night on Dynamite. Oh, I was, yeah. oh God. I was like, that's brutal. What did Marco do? But yeah. I love it at the same time. <laughs> Marco Marco's another guy that you know I, I love, and I'd love to have a match with him as well, uh, mostly because I also like wrestling really small guys because then I can, <laughs> I can throw them around and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Marco's another guy who uh, I had a match with him a long time ago, uh, and we had a really good match. Uh, this was before he got signed, but, you know, we had a really good match together. So hopefully I, uh, I get to do it again. Before we wrap up the interview, Alan, I, I was having a look earlier, and it's a question I always ask at the end of the show is, have you got a pro wrestling tea store? And I know for a fact you do now. And I'd like to know where we can find your pro wrestling tea store. I'll drop the link in the description. But also, what merchandise can we expect to get from you? Yeah, uh, it's um, it's just Alan. I think uh, the link is like prowrestlingtees.com slash uh angels t-shirts and uh it just opened yesterday um so i'm super excited about it i hope uh maybe next week after dark a lot of people will buy some stuff uh i got a few sales already so i'm you know i'm super hype about it um like i said we we're gonna get um a design where it's uh it says alan eagles and eagles is scratched out and says angels under it um we're gonna have a alan angels over the edge shirt um so that'll be cool. Uh, and hopefully uh, more stuff just comes up and we get to we get to um, get some cool designs out there. Uh, I, I, did, I always think it's cool what, like for a wrestler when they get the first pro wrestling tea stall, get the first merchandise out to see what they get. Because like we're, we're trying desperately to get to 10,000 <laughs> followers on Twitter so we can open up our own pro wrestling tea stall. Because we, we went to the shop last year when we went to All In. And we went to Pro Wrestling Tees. And it was just such a cool place. But it's kind of like my own personal dream to be able to go in there and buy my own T-shirt. I don't care if anyone else does it. I just want to be able to buy my own T-shirt from there. Yeah. <laughs> so it must be pretty cool as a wrestler to, to have your own store as well. Yeah, I mean, dude, even if nobody buys anything, I'm glad I just have one. It's pretty dope. Yeah, it's like a, a bucket list thing, I, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so where can we find you on social media as well? So uh, on Twitter, it's Alan underscore Angels underscore. And then on Instagram, it's Alan underscore Angels. And then I have a Facebook, too, that like I kind of use, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so just that Alan Angels on there yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now... Thank you for coming on, man. And it has to be said, during such times uh, throughout the world where people have been struggling and stuff, it's great to see something so positive come out of this where yourself and other people have been given opportunities that may not have been there if this pandemic weren't, wasn't happening. And it's just been great to see, like you said, you've just you've just took the ball and ran with it and you've made sure... You've got your pro wrestling tea store out of it. That that says it. That says everything. So, <laughs> congratulations, man. You deserve it, and we're looking forward to that match with Sammy Guevara. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it, and thank you guys for having me on. It was awesome. No problem, man. It'd be great to catch up with you again, maybe six months in the future. See what's happened with Alan Angels, and you never know, like where your AEW career is going to go. That was the question I asked earlier. What's next for you? Are you going to be wrestling in Japan? Will you have been to the UK? I'm excited to find out. So it would be cool to have you on again down the line. Yeah, I look forward to it, man. Let me know. 
Yeah, that first title win, we've got the exclusive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you guys. Thank you, man. Take care. You later. Cool. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you.